My name is Emily Lehman, and this is In Layman's Terms Podcast. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have Joey Droll Shagan with me. Trying not to butcher your last name, but um, Joey is a life coach, and he has an incredible business. Joey, I would love for you to announce the business. I feel like it's your honor. Absolutely. The, the main company I have is IFGT Life Coaching and the IFGT stands for It's Fucking Go Time. And that's how I operate in all my works and all my clients' lives. Yeah, I love it. I love, 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 love it. <laughs> and so you- but Five years, like how's it been? Yeah, it's been really, it's been great. It's, you know, I haven't really like considered myself sober, I guess, for these mm-hmm. last few years, because, you know, I still do drink alcohol. My vice was pills and like oh. Percocets and Xanax. And, you know, I can sit down and have a glass of wine and that doesn't bother me. Yeah, good. You no, know, that doesn't affect. So I, it's been really interesting learning and expanding and growing in this like industry and community and just seeing how different everyone's pathways are. And that sobriety is not just like so closed minded, I guess. I feel like everyone tries to label it or have it be, it has to, you have to do AA or XYZ. And I'm, you know, finding that I am sober and I don't, have to do those things. So it's been very interesting. So I have some pretty interesting stories and things like that, but yeah, I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah. If you're ready, we can go ahead and dive in and get started. Fear ran my life. You know, fear has robbed me of so much more than alcohol, drugs, overeating, gambling, any of that other stuff combined. And I use those things to try and, and, and fill that hole, but also to kind of push down that fear in my life, you know, and it was really like, I'm really excited for us to have this conversation, Emily, but, but it really did. It started out from a young age with just everything was riddled with fear in my life. And so obviously fear must be kind of a trigger for you then. It it has been for a, it had been for a lot of lot of years, you know. I I I yeah, like I would, you know, use food, or I, later on it would it was kind of a switch off where food didn't work anymore. You know, I was two hundred and fifty pounds, and I wasn't really muscular, you know, and 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 so I started getting that in order, and then the alcohol kicked in, and and for a while it was just the casual things, and then it got more and more, and I ended up at the end, it was that I I would lay awake at night if I fell asleep. By midnight, I would sleep. If I didn't, I would get up and have a cocktail. You know, I'd have a couple of drinks to get me that tired point, you know. And then later on, it would be going out to bars if I didn't wasn't sleeping by midnight, you know, and catch last call and then some and, and things like that. And, you know, things in my life just continue to get like they do gradually decline, right? Until I smashed a company car into a tree and I lost a vehicle, a license, and a job all in one fail swoop, Whoops. you know, and you would, you would think that would be the bottom, right? It was, it wasn't, it wasn't. I continued to drink until that happened in November of 2007, the next spring or 2006, the next spring I had, my son was nine years old at the time and he had to go to hockey practice and I didn't have a license. I didn't have a car and, and I had too much pride to ask somebody for help. So he missed his first practice. And that was enough when I said, man, I don't, I don't want to live like this anymore. And 
for me, I start going to meetings, but I start going to meetings the very next day. I actually opened up, I had three bottles of beer in the fridge and I opened all three of them and just drank them bottoms up until they were gone. I didn't even get a buzz. <laughs> and the next day I started going to meetings and things like that. And one of the things I learned early on is for a long time when I would try AA or I would try getting help, I would try counseling, I would try these things, is everybody would talk about the yachts. You know, I've yet to lose a house, car, job, family. When I, when I decided that the made the decision that I want to be done and I need help because I don't, I can't do it alone. I've tried. I start hearing things like, what have I yet to achieve because alcohol has blocked me? And I associated that right in with that fear. And from there, my life has gradually changed into doing what I do today. You know, when I was, I'm 56. When I was 22 years old, I knew that my passion for my life was to, I wanted to inspire, motivate people to live better lives. And I didn't even know how, and I wasn't even, you know, I was my first student of that. And from then on, I took classes after class. I did self-study. I took books and created experiments. And I just continued to follow that pathway. Even as my drinking got worse, you know, I was working in corporate America. It's a job I never wanted, but because of my conditioning in a blue collar family that I'm and gets a job, supports a family, hopefully lives long enough to enjoy some retirement. I bought into that hook, line, and sinker all the way up to a vice president of sales and all the time going through the drinking, the eating, and then the drinking and it getting worse and worse, you know, until I finally did something. But once I did something about it, once I started experiencing, understanding fear better, and experiencing living life sober, dealing with things like losing my dad and losing my mom a year later, um, you know, like all those going through, a, like having a surprise divorce show up into my life in my first year of being sober, you know, and then the whole second year being a custody battle to get 50% custody of my son, all these things happening I was doing, I did sober. It wasn't easy, but I did them. And then after a couple of years of not drinking, I was still following those same patterns. I was still following that same conditioning that I grew up with, you know, and I was still in corporate America trying to get to the next level, next level, next level. And every time I got there, it was only a matter of a couple of months. And it was like, I don't even want to be here. For what? Yeah, and exactly. Emily, and I started asking myself, like saying to myself, like, I did not get sober to live like this, to live this mundane life, to have all my visions and my goals and dreams out there. And so I went and get, ended up getting certification after certification after certification. I got coaching into my life and it started opening up the doorways into what I do today. And today I literally get to inspire and motivate people to live better lives, to get past those hiccups, to get over through those fears and open up the doorways of life being the way we desire it to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, just even listening to you talk about it, I can feel like your energy and how passionate you are about it. And it's, it's amazing. It's, I've met so many people who do coaching and who do things like this through this podcast. And it's so like empowering and it's so exciting because you guys all are so passionate and you guys all love what you're yeah. doing and it just it makes me feel good like it's yeah. awesome well what an awesome thing you're doing with the podcast here and helping listeners you know potential listeners listeners of people following you and such to get these insights to help them start shifting that those areas of their life very important i feel like a lot of people 
there's like a really big stigma, you know, that surrounds alcoholism or addiction. And I, that's kind of the point of this. I want to help kind of annihilate that stigma and just kind of reshape how people think about everything. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I started understanding that my drinking, I didn't have a drinking problem. I had a thinking problem that led me to drink. When I first, when somebody first said that to me, I was like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I just can't stop drinking when I start. You know what I mean? Like I was like that, you know? And later on, it was like being sober a little while. It's like, where did that thought come from? Like, why am I thinking like that? And all of a sudden it started explain, like I started to understand that, you know, people that like, and even the way of getting pulled into that with the drinking and stuff, it's such a sneaky way that it happens. And it could be drinking drugs, you know, I mean, pills, whatever it is, but it's such a subtle pull into that. But with each little pull, it takes more of our life and more of our life and, you know, control of more control over our lifetime as it's happening. But yeah. you don't really see the progression happen living no, it. No, not at all. I, you know, it's funny you say that. I remember like four and a half like years into my addiction or something. I think one day I was just like, where did like all these like years go? Like all this time that has like passed and it's like people are talking about things and it's things, you know, I was like obviously there for, but like, wasn't like really mentally there. I was like, and like a hate. So it's just very interesting to look back and like look through photos and just like all these memories. um, Yeah. Because you really do see how it really does just slowly take, take, take. Yes. Yes. And it's funny because like I said, with the alcoholism and things like that and stuff, you know, I work with some recovery places and such with the, you know, people there and such and to help out and stuff. But, you know, it it really is like everything I do is based around mindset. And when you look at alcoholism, it starts with mindset. It starts with something dis-ease, which is disease, and it carries out that way. You know, and it. And to arrest that, it, it can seem like it, like somebody just starting, you know, I talk to newcomers and things like that, and it can seem impossible to ever stop doing that. Yeah, your mindset is so important. I think a lot of people don't really realize that your thoughts and just like the way you think about yourself or how you perceive like reality, it, like, it is so important and you have to have that positivity even if it's just that little tiny shred you just like have to hold on to like that little tiny piece like you just have to keep going yeah and it's funny you brought that up about reality because you know one of the things like every client i do a lot of talking and things like that on is is you know our reality is make-believe because our reality is 100 based on our perceptions so you take somebody who's 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 programmed themselves that drinking alleviates stress, fears, worry, doubts, any of that such, right? Or pills, whatever it is. I use alcohol. You know, they 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 learn that by using that it settles that down. That's programming our brain waves. Literally programming our brain waves. So what happens is it becomes habitual and addictive. That whenever we feel upset, then we need that in order to bring it back down. It's kind of like taking a sled. You know the old rail sleds. You're from. 
Ohio. So you you know yeah. the, the the red uh, red way whatever they call them. But you know you go down this uh, fresh snowy hill. And you go down in that thing, it's going to make tracks. And then you go down it again, the same place, it makes deeper tracks and deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually, if there's enough snow, the sled will bottom out with those rails in the ground. Well, then when we go to cross over that track, it has a tendency of wanting to pull us back into it, right? And that's exactly what I mean when I say about the brain waves is our brain waves are geared towards the track here that we made. So trying to cross over it or do something different, it wants to pull you back into those ruts that are there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. So what I specialize in is helping people reprogram those brain waves, and, and which then allows them, if you think about that, it allows you access to that entire hill then that you can maneuver around and such once you reprogram that. And that's really, whether it's AA, whether whatever it is, that's really what that is, is that reprogramming. So I'll take people in the same concepts as we're talking alcohol, pills, things like that. I'll take people who just hate their job. They're stuck in a job they can't stand. And that was a big thing for me because, I, like I said, I didn't get sober to live in that, to live with a job and you know that I hated. So that, that same reprogramming works you know, for, for any area of our life that we're stuck in, where we're in that rut of in our life, you can use that same principles of that. And I have programs that I take clients through from 24 weeks to six months that, that help reprogram that in the quickest time period where we're actually literally rewiring our brain in the process of doing that. Very and neat. It, it, amazing results. I'm sure. I mean, because that's so needed. I mean, you, I just think about like myself and like the habits I had and just like having to make new habits and get rid of old habits. And you absolutely have to rewire your brain. Yeah. And one of Emily, one of the first things, whenever I start working with somebody or even at my workshops, I do and such, I'll say, how many of you would ever speak to another person the way you talk to yourself? And everyone will chuckle at that. Because most of us never would talk to somebody else the way we speak to ourselves. But it's so damaging to us to speak to ourselves the way we do. It's so damaging to entertain the thoughts that we grab hold of and entertain and grow. You know, so many people live in fear, doubt, and worry, which end up going down the scale to disease again or disease. And then they start experiencing that in their life. But Ultimately, it's their choice to grab hold of those thoughts, which brings us right back to our reality is make-believe because it's based on our perceptions. So if I help somebody shift their perceptions, they get to experience a new reality. And the possibilities are endless in that new reality. I have had best part. I have had clients who are teachers who had a vision. Her vision ended up being that she wanted to buy a bus, convert it to a hair salon, go to industrial parks. People walk out and get a haircut. Within a year, she got a larger bus and put a boutique in the front with the hair salon in the back and loving her life. I have people who have left major universities to travel to every national park. She's been on the road for two and a half, going on three years now, traveling from national park to national park, finding work along the way, but writing a blogged it now she's you know of course um, and has like a following holy shit that is like absolutely loving life are you kidding me I had the youngest person I worked with, he was 22 years old and he was in college and he knew me from hockey because I was a coach in hockey and youth hockey and such. And he called me up and he goes, coach, I need help. This should be the time of my life. And all I find myself just sitting around playing Xbox and smoking weed all day long. And I can't stand living like this. 
So we ended up having the conversation. I ended up working with him, but I made him make sure he didn't smoke weed for two weeks. And I knew the people he hung around with. So I knew if he did, you know, and so, so, but, but the fact that he did that told me he was serious. Like if he could not smoke weed, that means that there's not that addiction crossover, but he ended up in the six or 12 weeks we worked together. He ended up creating this program. He was very techno and things like that. He created this program that is now in major automobile dealerships that they use for some of their programming as part of their operation. He created it and is implementing it into these dealerships. Wow. We can do amazing things with our life, but the first thing we have to do is believe the possibility, the mindset is going to the mindset. The mindset will make us or break us. And so often people follow around their thoughts for what they think is possible for them based on past failures, based on conditioning, paradigms, you know, things like that. I am so grateful today that I experienced alcoholism because without that, there's so much to be learned in that process. Without that, I would never get to be doing what I'm doing today. And I'd probably still be trapped in corporate America you know, trying to retire early. <laughs> yeah, trying. But there's so many lessons in those things that happen to us that we can use to truly launch our life. That's why I've never been a big believer. And as long as I'm sober today, I'm doing good. You know, there's so much more I want out of life than to be sober. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I think that really interesting when you look at, I feel like the path that, you know, we've gone down and it's like had this addiction not happened i probably wouldn't be where i am now you probably wouldn't be where you are now and it's you have to go through like the nitty-gritty and the shitty stuff sometimes to like get to the good stuff and ultimately what i learned so i one of my books is called life's lessons and it's all about how these things that happen in our life that life happens for us and not to us and how to figure out what that what that learning is what that life lesson is in the events that happen in our life and ultimately led me to you know for a long time with alcohol and the food and stuff like that you know especially the alcohol though because that beats you up bad quick (laughs) you know but i was pushed by my pain i was pushed by the pain of my fears. I was pushed by the things that happen and smashing cars and the other stuff that happens from drinking and such, you know, from in excess. And, and that pain pushed me into opening up that doorway of understanding life's lessons. And today, the other way to live is to be pulled by a vision, by a strong vision of what's possible for us. And that's what I get to help people do is develop that, what I call a dynamic vision and then step into living that. Had I not have drank like I drank, had I not have gone through the divorce, had I not have had the things that happened to me, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do this. So one of the things I kid around a little bit with people, and it's not funny if you're trying to get sober, but I said, all I had to do was drink too much for too long and get in too many trouble in order to experience this life I get to experience today. Yeah. That's a, pretty sweet deal (laughs) right you know what I mean yeah I mean and everyone has like their demons or whether it's an addiction or not everyone has you know 
unhealthy or some type of toxic trait. No one is perfect like you. So everyone is going through some type of something, whether it's anxiety, depression, you're like worried about public speaking or you, Mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, and Z. It's just, everyone has things that you can try and flip the script on and you change that mentality. And I think that's really cool and so powerful that you get to literally create people's dreams and help them get there and watch them and go through the whole process with them. Like that's so fun and how rewarding for you to be like, even that kid who you coached in hockey, Mm -hmm. like to see him do that and be so successful. That's, that has to feel really great. That's very, very cool. It's so rewarding. It is so rewarding. And you know, if people would get the same amount out of it, I would, I would love to do coach for nothing. You know, I mean, not even charge people. But what I found is if somebody doesn't invest something of themselves into it, they don't really get a whole lot out of it. Us and quitting drinking, we had to go as far as we had to go with it to be as as much pain as we had to be. We had to invest that much into what I call our bottom in order for us to then be willing to, you know, experience the other side. And it's the same thing there. But I'm telling you, anybody, any whether they're still drinking, they want to stop or whether, you know, they they've stopped drinking and they just... <laughs> feel like there's areas of their life that are just blah, like you're just, you know, like going to a job you can't stand and stuff. You don't have to live that way. You can choose to, but you can also choose not to. And for someone who is listening and who might be feeling like that, what's one tip that, you know, if they're ready to make that change, what's something you would advise them to do? You know, honestly, one of the first things I tell them to do is go to coachwithjoseph.com and schedule an hour of time for us to get on the phone and just talk about that. Even in that phone conversation, we'll open up doorways of opportunities to help you broaden, you know, what what you're seeing possible for your life. Because if you're stuck in struggle, it's hard to see outside of that. Having a third party like myself of somebody who's been doing this for years can help open up that doorway for you and help open up that view of what's possible for you. That would be one thing I would do. The other thing I would do is, is really like I talked about with life lessons is really looking at life happens for you and not to you. There's something in, there's something for you to gain. There's a gold nugget in your worst of your struggles that you're experiencing. And if you take the judgment out of what's happening, so it's not good or bad, right or wrong, fair, unfair, or any of that. If you take that judgment out of it and you just, are open to receiving what that lesson is, you will get so much insight to help you grow and expand from there. Yeah, it's amazing what like the universe is capable of when you open your heart and you listen and you can really like take in because I feel a lot of, you know, when I lived in Ohio, I would say things Mm -hmm. like this and people looked at me like I was fucking crazy. (laughs) My parents are like, okay, like what is like, what's wrong with you? Like, but I'm like, no, like you guys, like you need to listen to me. Like I'm being serious. Like if you just like ask, it sounds crazy, but like ask the universe and like, you have to be open and receptive to that and have that type of mindset. And you will see, like, I don't know what else to say about it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when I, yeah, Emily, when I first start working with somebody, the first tool I give them to use is I have them wake up in the morning and before they get into their day and everything, I have them take a couple minutes and just ask, what would I love today? 
what's something I'd love today? What's something I'd love to be, do, have, create experience today? And then visualize that, picture that happening, how you're going to feel when that shows up. And then let it go. It's not a to-do list. So often we try to work and put more and more and more effort into creating the things we want. And it only makes them further away and harder to obtain. Exactly with what you're saying, Emily, if you ask with expectancy, and then you create that vision around seeing that showing up, what does that look like? How are you going to feel when that happens? And go about your day. I'll tell you, just a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody I was working with and that in, who was using this tool. And she said that she woke up and she was just like, man, I would love to see a rainbow today. She's up in Michigan. I'd love to see a rainbow today. Later that afternoon, she went to a friend's garage sale. And you know those troll dolls? Mm-hmm. There was a troll doll with rainbow hair. Now, I, that, that's kind of silly, cutesy and things like that. But I have, I, I have had that happen. You know, when I was in corporate America, I specialized in helping companies that were in bankruptcy to come out that other side back into profitability. And so you could imagine it was pretty humdrum being at work. And I remember one Friday I woke up and I said, man, I just, I just want to laugh today. I want to have a good belly laugh today, you know? And I went into work because it was so, so negative and everything. I went into work and I went about my day and, and, you know, lunchtime I got in my truck, I was driving away. Some guy waved me down from across the parking lot. He goes, mind if I go with you? And I go, no. So we went to lunch. We were pulling back in the parking lot and I realized I laughed my ass off during lunch and I didn't plan to do it. It's not like a to do. It's that we ask and then we just allow it to, show up in our life and watch how often that happens and you could just play a game with it yeah or I have like a journal because it's so funny like things like that like happen all the time and it's like okay no one is so I'm like now I start like writing things down because it's just like no one is gonna like believe me (laughs) it's just like things happen you just have to like be open and receptive so I'm glad you you explained that because that happens to me all the time yeah me too like I have incredible things that happen have happened in my journey of applying things like that even like moving from Iowa to South Carolina and I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I just kind of got into that, just seeing it show up. And it was going to be fun adventure and everything. And every single, if we have more time, I explain, but every single aspect of it, even to the point of coming down here to South Carolina, my stuff was showing up the next day. I didn't have any idea how I was going to unload couches and heavy stuff like that and everything. This guy that I made friends with down there comes driving down my driveway, sees my truck there. So he beeped and I went outside, I'm talking to him and he goes, I go, how's it going? He goes, you know, not so good with all this rain. My guys are looking for other jobs. Do you got something they could do even for a couple hours? And I go, the moving truck's going to be here tomorrow. The moving truck got there at 1130. They showed up at 12 by two o'clock. Everything was done, put away where it needed to be. And they came and picked up the the equipment, you know, the truck that had all my stuff. Just so many things can happen like that. But we get in the mode of trying harder and harder and harder. It works the same way for years. I tried to get sober, trying harder and harder and harder. And I just drank more and more and more, you know, in, in the business of what resigning from corporate America, doing what I'm doing today, it, you know, trying harder, 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 never worked. It's when I released it and I let it come to me. And that's one of the hardest things for people because they're uncomfortable if life is too easy. It's hard to trust like the unknown. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I exactly. to Los Angeles, like I've been here for about two years now. I didn't okay. move here with a job. Like I, and my parents are like, 
like, I'm sorry, what? I'm like, just stop. I'm like, just leave me be like, I'm not worried about it. Like what will be is going to be. And like everything worked out and like everything was fine. And it's like, you just have to like, and I know that's very hard for some people. I mean, you can like a lot of people won't just move across the country with like out having a job because of course, like the un, it's very unrealistic, you know, but it's like, okay, like people do it and it works. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things you talked about your family and things like that, well, I just did uh, in January, I did entrepreneur Mythbusters, And the number one thing I talked about is so many people say, before you do something like that, stepping out, talk to your friends, your family, things like that, you know, and get, and what I tell them is your friends and your family gave you the conditioning that's kept you stuck for so long. If you're trying to get sober, don't go talking to your drinking pals and your buddies and things like that about it, because they're coming from the same place you are. Go talk to somebody who's where you want to be. If you want to, if you hate your job and you want to get another job, go get a hold of somebody like myself, coachwithjoseph.com, you know, reach out, have that conversation from somebody who's done it and can help you understand what that pathway is going to be like and how to maneuver it. It'd be like going up Mount Everest without a, without a, um, without a guide. Yeah, exactly. You're it's the same. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Why not take somebody along who's been through that journey, who knows it, who knows the train, knows what to look out for, can keep you as safe as possible and things like that. It's the same thing in things like this, whether you're getting, trying to get clean, whether you're trying to get sober, whether you're trying to, you know, find passion and purpose, more passion and purpose in your life. Attach with somebody who's done it, who can help you maneuver that pathway. It's so much easier. It'll happen so much quicker and you'll avoid all of the upsets that that person faced in doing it. Yeah. Versus, like the mistakes, like why go through these? I've already been through them. Let me help you. Like, here. yes, yes. You know, one of the things I learned is like, I've gone through a lot, like I have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested over a three decade period of my life in programs, coaches, things like that. And one of the thing I learned, the best coaches I ever had are people who guaranteed the results you would get. And so when I structured my business, that's how I structured it. If I work with somebody, I've never had anybody. I've, you know, 200, 200, almost 300 people I've worked with over the last nine years. Everybody knows when they work with me. If you don't get results, if you don't get the results you're looking for, I'll give you your money back. You give it 100%, I'll give it 100%. It's never happened that somebody hasn't gotten beyond the results that they had desired. And that's why. Yeah, that's really, I mean, that's just so empowering. That's. I mean, it's really geared towards helping somebody figure out where they are. You know, part of the thing with where we use drugs and alcohol, part of the problem in that is we're not living in the now moment, right? We're living in the past and all the regrets and upsets and the past drink and, the, you know, all of that, or we're living in fear out into the future, right? So often we're not living right here and now. And so what I do is I help people to get a firm understanding of where they at right here and now, and then where do they want to be? And then in that conversation, I give them tools to bridge that gap, to start moving in that direction. And I'm telling you, even from there, Emily, when some, when I've come across people, even people who haven't decided to work with me, when I've come across those people though, and they've set those calls up, they'll call me back later on, and, and say, man, this is still working. Or I've had quite a few of them call me back and say, you know what? I'm ready. Let's do this, you know, because of the results from that one call. Wow. It's fucking Very go cool. time isn't just a cool thing I say. It really no, is yeah, how I operate. It's fucking go time. Yeah, it's time to go. Yeah, I love that. I 
And I also think, you know, in sobriety, having some type of structure is good. So I feel like that kind of plays back into a little mm-hmm. bit of what you do with people um, and just providing them with a very firm structure, it seems like, which is so, so important. Very much. Yeah, I have I have I have a program that's geared around bringing that structure in. So people don't have to know about it. They don't have to know how to do it. They don't have to have, you know, had past experiences with it. They can just come in and the process is laid out for them to open up that avenue. And and like I said, 12 weeks is not that long of a period of time for the life shifts that people I work with experience. You know, I just, I was just working with a gentleman recently. And when I met him, he came to me, he said, man, I got two jobs in my business right now. And my business is the one I really want to do, but I spend a hundred percent of my time in those two jobs. And I, I get very little time in my business. Somebody else who had experienced alcohol abuse and such, you know, and within 12 weeks, he, I don't want to say because he's a hero in his journey, he shifted to where he spent 50% of his time in his business and the other 50% was shared with those two jobs. And in doing so, his business overcame the amount he was earning there, went up higher than what the other two combined were. Wow. So understanding that, understanding that subconscious mindset shifts. And when we make those, when we turn that on in our life, when we, when we shift those in our life, we open up to availabilities and potentials that we would have never otherwise realized. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I hope yeah. that people who are listening can like understand that and start implementing that in their day-to-day life because it's going to sound like lame or cheesy, but it's really amazing. Like what the universe can do if you really do just open up and you're receptive to her. I've been doing this for so long and I'm I'm still odd. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I, um, I'll share a story with you. I, um, in my like height of my drug addiction or whatever, I had adopted a dog, a German shepherd. His name was Cooper. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting hit by a car um, because the person I was seeing at the time who I had the dog with, you know, wasn't paying attention. I'd left him with him. Yada, yada. Dog passed away. I'm sorry. I had been waiting like years and years and years to get another German shepherd, like adopt another dog. And during this pandemic, a, I like woke up to an email. I had been looking for dogs or whatever. And this woman emailed me saying that this family like returned this dog and they're looking for a foster, blah, blah, blah. And I call her. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm coming. Like, yes, blah, blah. I get out of the car to meet the dog and the dog's name is fucking Cooper, which was <laughs> my dog's name. My first wow. dog. Wow. And I started crying and well, he's yeah. like behind me back there sleeping. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but sure. his name is Remington now, but it's just really crazy. Wow. Like weird, crazy things can happen. And, and, Yeah. And that's what happens when we're trying harder and harder and harder. It's not that those opportunities for things to show up easily aren't there, but we're so focused on trying harder. We don't see them. 
And that's why so many people's dreams, desires, visions die because they don't see those opportunities. They don't overhear that. They don't pick up that email. They don't get, you know, be in a restaurant and overhear people talking and it be the answer to what they've been asking. We don't see that when we, when we slow down, I work with a lot of realtors and, really? and one of the things I found is, is real estate is really, you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Real estate is, is, is truly is an entrepreneurial business, but so many people operate like they're slaves to it with working seven days a week and everything else. So one of the first things I do with realtors is have them slow down and develop that vision. And once we do that, what we're doing is exactly what I talked about. We're realigning our perceptions. And so we start seeing things different. And as we see things different, we start hearing things different. And as we hear things different, all of a sudden life becomes easier. I'd worked with somebody for six months and they called me December of last year and she had tears in her eyes. And she said, Joey, I just got to tell you, I just want to call you and thank you. This has been my highest revenue year in 18 years in business. And it's the only time I've taken five weeks off of work in a year. Wow. It works. And in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. When you shift the mindset, incredible things happen. You know, when we, when we shift those perceptions of what we're seeing that we call our reality, we open the doorway to all the things that we desire without all the effort we usually attach to it. Yeah. I I love that we like went down this route because I that's been a huge part of, you know, my recovery has been really changing my mindset. I was a very, very negative person before. um, And like that runs, you know, in my family, I like I see it in like my parents and I'll call be like negative, 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 like we like this, like, so it's very interesting. Once you do make that shift, you start seeing it in others and really how much negativity people like, you don't even realize it, um, that you're doing it. Yeah. And my boyfriend used to do it to me all the time. He's like, you're being so fucking negative. Like why? And I'm like, I like, didn't even like, realize that I was so then when you're able to switch that and really change everything, it's really, it's really rewarding. It's habitual is what it is. You know, when we, when we live that way in that negativity, you know, growing up, like I said, I grew up in in a low income blue collar family. My mom and dad both worked full time to try and make ends meet. There were five kids and they struggled my whole entire youth. You know, they like my mom lived in fear doubt and worry a majority of her adult life. So that's what was modeled for me, you know? So even as a young, so seeing that I knew it was wrong, but as a young adult, I saw myself struggling financially with thoughts like money doesn't grow on trees. And regardless of what my income was, I struggled. I struggled in relationships. I struggled, you know, there was a time period in my life, Emily, when I felt like if there wasn't struggle attached to what I was doing, something wasn't right. That easy life and things showing up, I, I was always afraid of that because it was like, man, something really bad is going to follow. 
Yeah, the other like is gonna fall soon. Like, yeah, but reprogramming that, and it's so funny you talked about that with the negativity because I have tools that I I work with my clients on to shift those those negative thoughts to be aware of them and then shift them. And it's amazing. Like people, like after a week, will come back to me and they'll go, "I didn't realize how negative I was. Oh my god, almost every thought running through my head or everything I say is I." And we don't even notice it. Yeah, that was me, and it's. Yeah, it's very, very eye-opening to yeah. see that switch. Yeah, and, and it's awesome. You know, one of the things I'll talk, like people will talk to me and they'll say, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I realize how negative I am and they want to beat themselves up for it. And I always say, good, celebrate it. And they go, what are you talking about? And I say, if you, if the first step in changing anything is the awareness of it. So being aware of it means you can experience something different. But if you're not aware of it, you can't change anything. Yeah. Being aware of it, you know, it's taking that first step. It's, you know, whether it's drinking, drugs, sex, overeating, you know, whatever it is, being aware and wanting to at least try to put in the effort to make the change. I mean, that's the first step right there is being able to acknowledge. Yeah. And then what? One of my favorite quotes by Wallace Waddles is he said, thinking is the hardest work in the world. That's why most people don't do it. And I always kind of laugh at that. But think about this. Think about somebody who's who's drinking and ruining their life or taking pills and ruining their life or somebody who's working at a job that they hate. How much is that person really thinking? They're not. They're not. They're just repeating that pattern over and over and over and over again in their life. And and we know that over time, things like that always get worse. They never get better on their own, left unattended. A thinking person will look at something and go, man, this isn't fun. I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this need, this pull to drink, you know, or this pull to have to take that pill to feel like I have to take it in order to be okay, or I'm not going to be going to a job. I hate whatever this situation is like that. You know, it's like a thinking person would look at that. And even that awareness will start opening up opportunities to show up to shift that, to start changing that. But they have to get that awareness of what really is. Yeah. If nothing else, anybody who schedules a call with me, they will walk away with more awareness in their life that they can then decide and at least have choices into what's possible for them based on that after. Where somebody that's not aware of it doesn't have the choices. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. That's I, I love it. I think the same way too. And that really, really was a huge part of my sobriety. I feel like was, I really, really had to just change everything that I thought I knew about the way that I was thinking or like, just how I acted or how I treated people or how I react to things or whatever it may be, all of that needed like tweaking or yeah. like fixing and re ramp roading and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad that we talked about this because yeah. it is so, so important and it, it's crazy. Yeah. Just the little, little things that can, 
really make such a big difference. And a- absolutely. They, they end up not being real little. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. You know, but one of the things with that is, and this is really important too, because, you know, people typically who use alcohol or abuse alcohol or drugs or things like that, they, they, they carry this large size guilt within them. And it's not learned because we started drinking. It was learned somewhere in our conditioning that we picked that up and we might've grown it. And definitely I know for me, drinking the way I did added more guilt to how I felt all the time, but it's not our fault. This is really important. It's not our fault. We didn't know any better than to pick up the alcohol or pick up the pills or things like that. We didn't know. And it was all based on our conditioning, trying to overcome our conditioning of guilt or, or depression or, you know, any of those things. It, it's not our fault. We, we weren't born and decide what conditioning we wanted to have. Right. I had different conditioning than Donald Trump's kids had. That's for darn sure. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I mean? And, and so it's not our fault. We didn't sign up for the conditioning we had. And it's not really the people who gave us the conditioning because they were doing the best they possibly could for us. It's just a combination of those conditions and not knowing how to deal with it. And we at some point found alcohol or drugs or whatever it may be was a way to quiet them down some. And so we used that because it worked until it cause more problems that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, so, yeah. So it's important. Anybody who's feeling those things, who's feeling that guilt or feeling that upset or feeling like not enough or things like that, it's not your fault that you feel that way. But I just want to, again, give people options. You don't have to go forward continuing to feel that way. Your life's not intended to be a, a guilt, a walk in guilt or a walk in shame or a walk in not enough or things like, that, you know, any of that stuff. It's meant for you to go inside and grab hold of those unique talents and gifts that you were born with and bring those outwardly so the entire world can be a better place for everyone. Yeah. And I hope anyone who's listening, you know, they find some inspiration in this and they can do that and see some changes and, you know, do whatever their little heart desires. Yes. Yes. And just open up that pathway of the possibilities in their life. Well, Joey, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. What a great conversation, Emily. I really, really enjoyed talking with you. Same. This was really good. I loved it. I'm glad that we went down this route. It's will be a good discussion. Yes, very much so. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. Thank you for joining us today on this episode. And hopefully we could put this lesson into layman's terms. See you guys next episode.